Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Renovators. Real Estate Renovators, as Rex has kindly reminded me to introduce, is the business advisory show for real estate professionals. I'm Chanel and this is Rex. Your face looks a little different today. I've had a great makeup artist today. Have you? Uh-huh. Can you you're looking a little less expressionless, Rexy. And you put me on table, <laughs> Botox later. <laughs> and I haven't slept properly either. I flew down from Sydney. So I've been in Sydney this week with that Bond stuff that I'm doing, some ex- exciting things happening over there. Um, so I've flown down just to see you. Oh, how lovely of you. Oh, Would lovely. you say I'm your best friend? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Moving on. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been, um, life has been really busy. I think this whole year has just felt like a massive blur. Like it's on fast forward, but it's all for really, really positive reasons. You know, new business venture. Um, new house? New house. Yes. Very exciting. Um, just a lot of things happening in my world, but they're all super positive and super exciting. So I have nothing to complain about other than a little bit less sleep and a little bit of uh, extra wrinkles. Well, you know, that's very good. Anyway, um, enough rambling on between you and I. Let's introduce our guest for today, Mr. Stasi Agdemus. 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 Thank Agdemus. you so much, Stasi. I was waiting for the correction. I was waiting for the correction. I'll allow you to tell our audience a little bit about Stasi. Rex? Uh, I'll get Stasi to get into his own story. I don't want to take his thunder oh, from him. But for people that don't know, you've won uh, real estate, REIV, uh, small agency of the year for the last, as long as I remember, from 2019 till now, including recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you so uh, much. And you've got sales agent of the year as well. In your yeah, office, one of our guys, Alec. That you trained yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's go back, rewind. How, start about talking about your career, how it all started. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, I think probably if I look back from where it first started, I was 19 years old. And Doesn't I, look like that long ago. I know it wasn't. <laughs> um, Who's your vocal <laughs> exactly, um, And yeah, I just started really energetic. I finished school at seventeen. Started uni, uni at seventeen. Yeah. Um, before going to obviously the whole real estate kind of thing. And then I, my parents were very much about, hey, look, you know, why don't you go get yourself some form of education? My dad's a real estate agent, so it's oh. a second generation thing for me. Um, even though we don't work in the same business, I've always kind of had a passion for it. So, and you've probably seen it growing up, what it's like. Yeah, like on a Saturday, I used to put open boards out when oh. I was like 10, 11 years old. Did you pay th- you? Nah, never paid me. But I thought <laughs> yeah. that was like so much fun, you know, compared to what I was doing at school. Um, and then really like the whole thing for me just transitioned. Like I really wanted to do it. My parents were like, go do something at uni. So I got into RMIT, studied a degree in business, majored in marketing and like try to fast forward that as quick as I could and hit 19, got it, and then just said, okay, I want to get into real estate. So that was pretty much the start, start of your it. real estate career yeah, yeah. at I 19. Start, yeah, so I started as a cadet at a company uh, and literally just did all the things that you hear about juniors and cadets do, yeah. taking boards out. Especially back then too. It, yeah, because I'm old. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. No, but um, what yeah. suburb did you start your career in? Stars? I started in Doncaster East. Okay, so yeah. you've always been a Doncaster. Always been. Yeah, I grew, grew up, up in Doncaster. Grew up in Doncaster yeah. East, so I went to the biggest competitor, or the big well, competitor for me now or then, but. Uh, the biggest agency in the area. And so, they were by far the biggest growing up. Huge, huge. Mm-hmm. And you've had a couple of guests that were part of there yep. through through here as well. So they, um, yeah, they were amazing. They were doing numbers that, you know, even now people can't believe how many how much volume they were selling. I think they had about 45% market share when I joined. Wow. So, And what yeah. was the catalyst for going out on your own and opening up Woodarts? Um, well, I worked for, uh, so I started as a cadet, then I got a PA role for a guy. Um, he 
like was pretty much my mentor, taught me so much. And at the time he goes, well, he decided to open his own business and left. So when he did that, I kind of got pushed into sales. So I was, I was 22 when I went into sales and I'd been a PA for two years. And for me, that was probably the scariest part. Like I just finished my 21st birthday, turned 22, like the next year and I'm in sales. And they're what like, was your oh, first like, listing like? Um, <laughs> no, well, I was doing a bit while I was uh, as a PA. I was doing quite okay. But with someone else. I'm yeah, sure. they were helping me a lot. Um, so it was just learning. Like, you know, you're so naive at that time, but you're so enthusiastic. So you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So you're just rolling as hard as you can. And the hours were huge. I, like I look at what people put in now and like I would eat dinner in the office every day. And I mm. did that for two years straight. So And the agency you were with were the biggest by far. Everyone yeah. that left that agency set up yeah, also offices own, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you would have had such great hands-on experience from some of the best agents. Yeah, I did, yeah. And that, and that kind of like helped me grow because I was able to see what kind of mistakes people were making at a young age and thinking, okay, well, look, if I did my own, probably wouldn't do this or that or whatever it might be. And then it came to the end of that year and my sales manager at the time, who was also an, a small percentage owner of that business, um, had left and said, look, I'm going to maybe do something on my own. Would you do it with me? And yeah, fast forward the 10 years later, history. we're all 10 here. 10 years and you're still business partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been a great ride. The... Sorry. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. You go because you're still on this topic. I'm going to change the topic slightly. Ah, so okay. you, you what was go the transition like from being a sales agent um, to an owner? Yeah, super hard. Super hard. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Because you go from being like, you know, I think I was 23 when we opened and, you know, you're a director of a business, you're, you know, everyone's coming to you for problems and you're 23 and the average staff or team member's 44. Yeah. And they're like, I could be your, you know, I could be your mum or I could be your dad. So to gain that respect is really hard. And for any of the viewers that are kind of watching and trying to work out, okay, well, how do I go from this step to that step? That will be the biggest challenge when you're dealing with people. There's nothing that can set you up for it either. No, definitely You just not. go in and you just really hope for the best. If you've had the right sort of training and mentorship from the start that you can do it, but there's nothing that can prepare you to yeah. be a business owner, can there? No, definitely not. And Lee, my business partner, obviously had been, you know, a manager for so many big agents before they went not, you know, opened their own. So he was able to give me a lot of advice about what to say, what to do, what maybe not to do, where I made mistakes, because I made plenty of them. And that really helped craft me into probably who I am now. So he's been great. Awesome. And, Awesome mentor. And still is. Yeah, yeah. Business is a part of more than a mentor now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know, it started off as like almost like a mentorship and now, you know, the, the relationship just, you know, kind of accelerated further and further and then really into, you know, full business partners, which is great. Great. Now, Stars, a massive portion of the success of your business has come down to your recruitment strategy. Yeah. So I want you to start with talking us through what that strategy is for you to attract such high performing agents or not necessarily attract high-performing agents, but attracting agents and then basically training them to become high-performing agents. So what is the strategy behind yeah, this? Yeah, it's a good question because I always thought to myself, well, you know, why would, you know, a guy writing a million dollars or 800,000 want to join my small business when they can go to the biggest competitor and they're going to say, oh, we'll give you more leads or we'll give you... And so I understood pretty quickly because I worked at a high-volume agency what they were doing and what I needed to probably do to counter that. So um, it really started with getting the right talent. So as you guys know, and being in business as well, that you need people with the right attitude. So I always thought to myself, if I get the right attitude, I can train the rest, yep. but it's all gonna start from there. So 
I guess my biggest case study in our business is a guy who's just bought into our business, who's Alec. a partner, which Can is I Alec. Can I talk about Alec? Because I coincidentally go to the same gym as Alec does and I see him often. But my understanding of Alec is Alec worked at two major competitors. Yeah, he did. was told initially, it was told by both of them, you'll never make it in real estate. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you took him on yep. with no <laughs> real training, uh, maybe a risk some would say, but now Last year he won REIV Agent of the Year and now yeah. he's in Perth minus saying to go for the Australian Agent of the Year. And that's from yeah. your training because two other competitors and large agencies told him you'll never make it. Yeah, and I think that's, even to some of your viewers, I think that's the big thing that they've got to understand that there will be roadblocks where people say you're not going to be good enough, but it's all going to come down to your attitude. Mm. So I knew his attitude was right. What he needed was time and he needed, he needed proper training. Now, when you're a high volume agent, which, you know, you know, I worked in those businesses, I understand you cannot give the training that someone needs to get them from A to B in a shorter period of time. So, you know, if they want to say, oh, look, in the next two years, I want to go out on my own. Well, the reality is in a high volume business, you're going to be probably negotiating deals for that, you know, agent that you're, you're working for as a lead agent. Probably, you know, I would say probably in the last six to 12 months of your time. Uh, and then they really teach you the listing part right at the end. Mm. So it's kind of like a strategy that they would normally use because they want to hold on to you for as long as they can mm. before letting you go. Yeah. So I knew that my, you know, my model, if I was going to grow this business and it wasn't going to rely on me producing all the money in the business as well, that I had to kind of let that go, trust people and say, look, I'll show you the skill sets, but let's do an actual you know, proper training session on it. Have, have you developed this? Yeah, so yeah, you've been asking me about that. I have been asking because um, I hear some rumours from other people about your amazing training program. Yeah, so it's may have run through Woodards now. Yeah, yeah. So I help a few of the officers out with it as well. Um, it really starts with just, I guess, working out who you want in your team because, as we said, that personnel is the most important thing. And if they have got the right attitude, then actually breaking down how their their life journey as a real estate agent will look. So everyone that sits in my, our business has a five-year plan and it's oh, the wow. life plan and their business plan. So how does that work? They so have life plan, like personal life? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So Sorry, I, I, I take no, like a real involvement with everyone. So even Alec will have all his goals, his plan, everything in his office. So everyone's pretty like open about it, but some aren't, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I probably have a really good understanding with each other where that's at as well. And my job's to kind of guide them through it. Some synergies with a recent guest we just had on Starcy that does a really similar thing with his staff. You know, there's there's professional goals and then there's personal goals. And I think a lot of business owners forget about the, the personal goals because your personal life really needs to be in check for you to be able to perform at work. 100%. You know, your personal life will have will play a massive part in the success in your professional life. So you've got two separate plans for the team members. How do you start that? Like, what do you sort of sit down and do a goal planning session? Like, yeah, so talk we, us through that. Yeah, so we'll go out and we'll literally go out for a coffee and we'll sit down in January and say, okay, well, you know, what do you want out of the next five years? And let's break that out into, you know, where you, who do you see yourself being, Rex, in five years? And you go, okay, well, look, I see myself as being this and being that and, you know, I'm going to have this and I want to have that. So how are we going to get you to that? And then we'll oh, break wow. that down from year five, four, three, two and one. So you start to end in mind. Always, yeah. Always start I with like your that. goal planning mm. at the end and say, okay, where do I want to be in five years? So how can I help you get there? And look, there's guys in our office or, or, or girls that are talking, you know, I want to get married. I want to so start a family. So do you put them on Tinder and find no, them? No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> so you want to get married now? <laughs> the ones that say... <laughs> The ones that say they want to get married already in relationships, but you know, we'll talk about that stuff and what, you know, 
I've been through all those stages, so I know what that costs in, in terms of, Demand. you know, if, yeah. if you want to get yourself into that position. I know what, you know, now that I've got a family of my own, I know what having a child, how that can restrict you in business as well. So, you know, I need to understand, well, what do you want to write? Because yeah. if you want to have a, a kid in year one, you're not going to write those numbers in year one and two because mm. your time that you've got is just not going to not going to happen. Translate yeah. yeah, so it's just yeah. understanding where they're at and it gives me a really clear idea as a business owner where the long-termers are and then probably where the, where the people that maybe But even knowing their goals will help you incentivize them. Like, you know, in a, in a tough market or if you're needing to motivate them, if you already know what their goals are, that's such a, it's so much easier to then motivate and entice your oh, staff when you yeah. know what their end goal in mind is. So it's a really good tool for a business owner yeah. to know what their team's goals are. Well, you got to be thinking like, you know, we're in, we're in we're at the end of quarter one this month. So everyone's starting to go, oh, look, I want to go to Europe, you know, especially the younger guys and girls. Oh, yeah. I want to go to Europe this year. Okay, well, you know, you've really got three months to hit your, you know, where you want to hit financially so you can do that. And you, know, you have these discussions. How frequently would you have Weekly. These? Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it set down like... No, it's more just like I'll pop into everyone's office or past their desk and then say, have you got 10 minutes? We'll have a quick chat. Or do you want to go grab a coffee? Some I don't have to check in with too much because we're talking a lot. Like Alec and I are talking, you know, daily, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's probably more just talking about, oh, how are you going with this? How are you going with that? But then some of the other team members are doing, you know, they're focused because they've only been in real estate maybe one year or two years. And so we're just so focused on the skill set that you need to achieve in that next six months to then help them to the next phase. And your recruitment, it sounds like you, you groom all your agents. You don't get necessarily well, million dollar agents that come in. You no, take I haven't, it, had, I haven't had anyone. become million yeah. dollar agents. Well, you know what, Rexy? We're really fortunate to have Stasi as a client at Titanium. And I know Jeremy yeah. and, and Stasi have become great friends and we've had some great success. And one thing I've noticed with the candidates that we represent to Stasi, it's not a traditional interview at all. And I've, we've never had a candidate walk away and not want to work with Stasi. And yeah. it comes yeah. down to almost you, an interview for you, Stas, is almost like a listing presentation. Yeah. Like you have an entire presentation do, when you yeah. interview someone. Whereas 90% of real estate agents will do the same thing. Their well, directors have been doing the same thing they've been doing for five years. Like sit down, what have you listed? Tell me about yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. What for your job? Can you give us even like a bit of a live? Yeah, overview? I can give, yeah, yeah. give you a live. So pretend. you give a presentation to your perspective. You we should do role well, play. Yeah. You and Stars oh should role God. play. Rex, you're interviewing uh, Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I love role play. Yeah. <laughs> well, you used to like a role play every now and then. <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. yeah. So what is this presentation? All right. So pretty much what we'll do, what I'll do is exactly like if I went into a house, I'd have a, just a real honest conversation about, hey, look, you know, thanks for coming to visit me. Tell me what you want to achieve out of the meeting. You know, what you're looking for a new job. Tell me about it. Tell me what you, where you see yourself. You know, why do you want to apply for this job? What does the best, you know, office to work in? What's that environment look like for you? So then I can get a really good understanding if they're going to probably fit and that will determine probably how long that meeting will go without, you know, in a rude way, but mm. whether that, yeah. whether that person's probably worth the values that we see. Okay. What well, values do you look for? Oh, definitely long-term. Um, I would definitely want people that are talking about where they see themselves in the next five years, seven years, 10 years. If they're saying, oh, the next couple of years I'd like to do this. And then I say, oh, well, where else would you like to be from there? And they don't know. Well then I'd probably know, okay, well, I don't know how long-term this is. So that will depend on the role. You know, mm. not to be rude. If it's maybe a reception role, then I have no issue with that. If it's someone saying, you know, it's an administrator role, I don't really have a problem with that. If it's someone saying, 
look, I'm getting into real estate. Well, I have a big problem with that because you yeah, can't see. Yeah, the retention you, rate of entry level is quite low. Is why you've got to be really particular with who you yeah, put on. Yeah, so and with the great fees that Titanium look after us on, yeah. make sure that you know we can definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely but make even, sure that we're, the we're, right we're working on the fees. We're going to but Stas, your whole method is when you have a good agent in front of you. You don't ask them what they can bring you. you. You suggest and you provide them with not just data, but case studies of how people such as Alec have come yeah. into your business and how you've helped them become a, a, you know, a hugely successful agent. So you almost flip that whole process on its head. Yeah. And rather than just seeing what you can get from that agent, it's what you can give to them. Yeah, so, so can I'll you talk give us them, through that? Yeah, so I'll give them a 90 day plan. Of a 90-day plan? Yeah, so oh. the first three months. This is in the interview, you do this as well. Yeah, so I'll say to them, this is where we see the next 90 days. So if you join us, this is what we're going to be teaching you in the first 90 days. And What, that what does that look like? Do you want to bring it out? No. <laughs> yeah, do you have any examples? Could oh, you show there's us? something I prepared earlier. <laughs> <laughs> there is, wow. Wow. Nah, I laminated it because Rex uh, and um, Chanel were telling me about how much they love lamination, so we made sure I've we got it. We need a poll. Who, who watching right now has a laminator in their office? I'd really like to know what if the statistics are. If you don't, is, you can come to it's Woodard's. It's so much there. more professional <laughs> having it laminated than... So, without boring everyone and your viewers, um, I much. think they'll be interested in this. Because I think, yeah, directors and particular. Yeah, sorry, so directors and I'd probably sit with them and give them a really good plan of where I'd see what tasks and activities they'd be doing for the first 90 days. And some of that will roll with admin tasks if you're working in a, a team. Um, because what you want is you want to get someone yeah. in your team who essentially is doing a lot of admin tasks straight away. Because, you know, as a, I guess as a lead agent, you need people that can, I guess, are useful to you straight away, if that makes sense. So... Um, everything will run through with how to <laughs> how to do files, how to do everything, um, and that that will really start the first ninety days, and then we start getting into the prospecting platform, and um, and go from there, and then talk about the next ninety to one twenty, one sixty, one eighty days, and then when we start getting into months, we start looking towards the end of that year, and then eighteen month plus where we think that we can get that agent to a level. But some some people don't run on the exact same time frame. Some development slower. Like I had a guy in my team that he saw this on my desk because I was getting everything ready today. And he said, oh, I'm a little bit behind on this. Oh, <laughs> it's a good tool to have um, though, to track where you're tool. at. And he goes, yeah, but, and it was just a reflection for him to know, okay, well, look, I probably need to get this, this and this right in this next three months. Starting in a role, especially a sales role, it's so difficult. Well, it's so different. Because and so different. To, and you don't know where you're supposed to be at what interval. To have a, your boss spell it out for you yeah. Helps and laminate it as well. Too. Yeah. But a majority of entry-level candidate staffs, their reason for leaving, like particularly in sales, is that they don't have the training. Yeah. Why are you leaving? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the training. So joining Woodard's Doncaster, it's not, the, I mean, I can only an, uh, imagine that if someone doesn't work out, it's not because they're not trained. Because no, it's, it's probably definitely not the not right that, industry. But I'm probably going to work that out within that first 90 days. Mm. Because the tasks that I've got there, um, it starts to get to a level of where you've got a prospect and things like that. And as a director, you want to know, okay, well, do I have someone that's willing to pick the phone up, knock on a door, like, especially as a sales agent, if they're hiring a, you know, a PA or an associate, that's the first thing they're thinking of. Okay, I've got to train on this, but how can I get my return on investment? Yeah. So you know that you're interviewing how many sales guys all the time that want an assistant. Now, some are smart enough to understand what they need and what they don't, but the average salesperson will say, well, look, you know, I'm not making any money out of them. 
But the reality is it's actually you're making a lot of money out of them because you've probably increased your listing volume because you've given them tasks to do that Correct. you weren't currently doing. But not, not many people will know what tasks, like, you know, your sales agent goes, they've got a prospect. But the way you've spelt this out is so different. Yeah. And you've got very realistic 90 days, you know. Well, if they don't know how to do that within 90 days and we're training them every day, then we'd start to understand they're probably not right for us or vice versa. They might go, well, look, real estate's not for me. Like, I hate prospecting. Yeah. And you guys told me, you know, there's a bit of prospecting involved, but, you know, I'm having to make 30 connects on the phone. Like, I can't do that. There's one thing it. with saying you'll do it, and there's another Absolutely. another part of doing it, but it's not just doing it for a week. It's doing it every single day for yeah. the, the, the entirety of your career, and that's not for everybody. But it's hard to identify that when you're first meeting with someone. Of course. Mm. And, like, if I look at Alec, like, he ran, like, he was, like, my pilot on this on this oh, whole program. So, and look what a success story that yeah, is. Yeah, and, and really he's done a lot agent, of that himself as yeah. well, you know. Um, but I think for me, it's a lot more of, okay, well, he's done an amazing job, but if he wasn't given the right structure, we've seen that two other places he probably wasn't able to flourish at all. Here he's been able to because he's had a clear plan. This is what it looks like. If you so can't is that why you think he didn't make it in the other companies? Definitely. Like he just, it, was, it came down to a lack of mentorship and planning we had amazing people there to mentor him because they're, they're big agents they're yeah. amazing and you know anyone who knows the, the agencies in my area know that nearly every agency has the number one agent of the year or number one director of the year in their in offices their franchise groups so yeah okay like the number one of those two major competitors that we've got both their number one offices are in my my market yeah. so it's an extremely hard tough market to play around in so if you're gonna and yet you guys won Agent yeah, well, it just shows that what we're doing in our field, because we're definitely not the largest agent, we're a medium-sized business, we're, we're definitely obviously the best in what we're doing, and that's all we're focused on. You know, mm. if we can do our role right, and for me, I think medium's always going to be a better better than large. Mm. Um, I haven't aspired to be large for a reason. I could have put more people on. It's not always size, it's what you, but oh, it's I what think, you do with it. <laughs> 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 Gee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to say not just about size, about substance. But, yeah. you, but yeah. it's definitely more about understanding, okay, well, look, I can make, you know, good money as a sales agent. Like, I think my, the lowest volume agent, and we talk volume a lot in our business. We never really try and talk about money too much because I think volume helps everyone feel accountable and feel, feels close. If you feel like, oh, this guy's writing a million dollars and I'm only writing 400, it sounds better if you know he's sold 50 and I sold 20. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we... I know it sounds funny, but I've done a lot of psychology work on this to not just be all about money. Because the reality is if you're money focused, you probably won't last long term. Mm. So yeah, so we really break it into volume. And I think the lowest transactional volume in our office was 20 sales from one of our agents. And that's the lowest. That's really that's strong. Um, so, you know, for me, that's what I want. I want and people in our business that are going to make money. Taken on, oh, I've, even got, I've, got a, I've got a lady in my office. Um, Middle age, uh, she started real estate late. She's been with us, uh, what, five years? And she's, you know, killing it. And the first two years was, you know, she was just trying to grind away, as you do. But we really try to support her and bolt her into our business to go, okay, well, you know, number one, we had no female agent at that time, which I thought was a massive advantage in, in real estate, which I know you'd probably agree. Um, no, it's all, half your office is female. There's more females in yeah. my office than males. So that probably gives you a good understanding. When you talk about, you know, you're hiring on attitude, and I think a lot of directors say that, what does that mean? Like, what are the soft skills you, particularly you, want to identify in an interview? I can give you a really good example of that. Um, there's a guy in our business now who, um, who actually works in Alex's team, and the way he 
asked me for a job is he came to my house and knocked on my door. How did he know where you lived? Because he lived in my street. Oh, okay. So he's borderline psychotic, but this makes sense now. So um, he knocked on my door and I think my wife at the time was like, oh my God, someone's at the front, like, get the door. And he had a resume in his hand and he said, I live in your street, which I live at the bottom of a court, he lives in it. And he goes, I know who you are and I've been following you. And he's like, I really want to get into real estate. Sounds talking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Alexander. (laughs) Um, He's watching you guys over there. Of course he's watching. He's watching every minute of this. Yeah. But for me, like, you know, if you can come and knock on someone's door and ask them for a job in their business, then you can go knock on the next person's door and ask them, hey, are you thinking of selling? So, you know, that's probably one that's, it's only happened once to me once, but, you know, how can you say no when someone's coming to your house and knocking on your door and they're not in real estate and they're already showing skill sets far beyond yeah. what they've ever been taught mm. to knock on the door. Like you think about, like I've obviously done a lot of door knocking in my time. I know the nervousness of walking to the door and you're looking around and you knock on the door and you're waiting. And I, I, I well, couldn't imagine. resilience. He's open to rejection. It's, you know, he's gone and knocked like the humiliation that he could like, they're all the skills that like, you really need I know. Imagine, in real estate. And especially going to a director's house. Like yeah. if you went to a, you know, someone who doesn't know what door knocking is and they're like, oh, just sell them another door knocker, fair enough. But when you go to a person who knows everything, Did I'm he like, know yeah. that he know, you know? Like, well, I think he would have figured out, look, this guy knows what, I, what he's doing. How old was he? Oh, 100% he knows what He was 20. Wow, there you yeah. go. Still so, with you now? Still with us, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So for me, like, I look at someone like that and I remember when I started real estate, what kind of things I had in me. And I'm like, yeah, this guy can definitely make it if we can show him the right skill sets. And like, I think he'll probably, you know, not putting any pressure on him, but he'll probably transition out of Alex's team in that next 12 months. Uh, he listed another one this week. Like he's listing on his own. He's doing absolutely oh, wow. everything in Alex's wow. team. So his so skill set. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's in Perth. <laughs> Stars, if I had a high-performing agent that wanted to be represented to Woodards, for example, what sort of strategies would you have in place in order to attract them? So, you know, we're talking about potentially a PA model or say they're a $300,000 GCI rider. What, what are the tools in place you would have, the actual tools to make them a half million dollar GCI yeah. rider? Well, what's going to happen is when you get to that 300 level, it's, it's almost not about training them as an agent anymore because it means they probably know what they're doing. They've probably transacted somewhere between 15 and 20 listings. So they actually know how to list a property, how to sell a property, all those basic things. So it becomes about volume. So how do you do volume? Well, you need assistance. So let's talk about what that looks like. And we'd start putting a plan in place about about getting the right assistant for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so if they were a three fifty or three hundred thousand dollar rider, I'd sit down with them and say, I know that this is. I don't know if I'm going to reveal everything, but this is the assistant that you need. Yeah. So let's talk about how we can work in with getting someone from Titanium to come in. <laughs> we'll put a plan in place for them, and we'll help your business grow. Do because, you fund that? Yeah, we fund most of them. Yeah. Um, Everyone's got like different a, yeah, the structure that we've got is pretty generic. Like everyone's on the same thing, but there's two different structures. One's more of a funding PA option or one's a higher commission rate option. So if you want to just run as a solo and you want to have a better fee, fantastic. If not, then you take the lower fee, but we'll fund the PAs. Mm, so uh, for me, the big thing is about helping them grow. Yeah. Like it's got, it's got to be from them. Oh, look, you know, I'm writing 200. I know how to do this and this, but how do I get to the next level? Well, you know, obviously we can show so you, you that. you get them in, you train them, you make them a good agent and then you help them with their growth as well. Yeah, so the growth is a big thing. You've got to remember Massive. that a lot of people don't know how to grow. So, you know, you could spend 10 years in real estate and still write $400,000. Mm. Um, 
because to grow, it, it doesn't become about the skill set as much. It's all about learning how you actually manage your time. So time management, we start doing a bit more of a course on that together. And I'll run that about, you know, what does your day look like? How do you structure your day? This isn't good enough. We need to change this. So this is where you need to be doing your calls. This is where you need to be training your assistant. This is so where your you... training is really from start and just keeps going. Yeah, but it's just holding their hand through that process because they haven't managed a person before. So Which what is do the they hardest know? thing sometimes. Yeah, so what Very do they know? Yeah. You know? They're saying to me, oh, look, you know, they're, they're sick today. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because they don't know what to do for anything. So I need to guide them through that. Yeah. And that's, that's really what they're using me as the director for. Like, yeah. give me that guidance of how you're going to help my business grow. Yeah. So, of course, we can help them with lead generating and all those things. But I know if I can get their structure right, the rest will work. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Alec did amazing numbers with one assistant and then it's now just gone to another level by putting another one in his team. So by having that pot of three, obviously we've got different skill sets that are getting used in that, but it allows him to be able to list virtually double the volume as what he was doing previously. I think this is where a lot of directors go wrong: is that they have high-performing agents and then they just leave them to their own and leave them to their own devices, rather than going, okay, now you're at this level. Who can we implement into your business within a business to give you more time? Because a lot of agents, when they get to that level, their reason for leaving is that they want balance back in their lives. Of course. So to have these strategies in place with different PAs that have different skill sets to alleviate some time from the agent is just such a huge benefit for yeah. retention in an organisation. But I feel like it's also some agents, some directors or principals don't realise how to they train don't know that. How to. They know no. how to do it themselves yes. yeah. um, and just know how to do it. They've never sat down to plan it out and teach it across someone and then work on that to make sure it works because what you teach one person may not work for someone else. Yeah, but like I didn't even know that either, to be honest. Like I started at 23 and then I was like, oh my God, like I've started this business. But you've had some phenomenal trainers. Yeah. Like the agents you've worked at like you've had, and your yeah. business partner has been around Yeah, forever. and I think that's what by the time I got to late 20s, I'd kind of gone through that Whole, you have an amazing Botox person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I started to realise, okay, well, this is where I'm finding my pains, how I've got to grow my business. I know what I need to do, but gee, I wish I had someone, because there was a lot of good agents that I had worked with, but they just probably weren't sat down and said, okay, well, look, you're struggling in these points. You've taken time out, like, to even laminate things. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got cue cards, yeah. and you've got a, a program in place. Like, well, you've taken most directors are too busy working or don't take the time out to actually put that effort into it's not even that they're too busy i think that a lot of them become a little bit selfish and i, I know a lot of directors that compete with their team yeah. rather than going let me take a step back and then obviously not not obviously but provide my team the skills and the the training and the staff to take their businesses to the next level. But a lot of directors have that sort of selfish or ego mentality where it's they want to compete with their staff. Yeah, for and sure. that's where a lot of turnover happens, but you're doing almost the opposite and giving them all the tools they can to make their business within a business yeah. more successful. And it's a credit and it shows in the, in the yeah, results thanks. of yeah. the success in, in Woodards. What about culture stars? Yeah. Talk us through the this culture the, of, your, of your team. This is the one that I reckon everyone bangs on about, but no one really has. Everyone thinks their business, and you would know this heaps, because oh, you, yeah. you'd be employing people, and then they think they've got a good culture, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. And everyone, like, without being rude, a lot of business owners think they have a good culture, but if you tear back the layers, it's really bad. So yeah. I think it's, it's about the leadership. It doesn't, like, culture starts from the top, but it's got to be run by your second tier. And that's how I've always looked at it. And I use that a lot from sporting analogies that, you know, obviously they'll have like leadership groups and things like that. So obviously Alec is a massive leader in our business. Mm. So, you know, I know that Alec knows what the other businesses have done right and wrong. 
And I think that helps align the culture because if someone is having a bad day, because it's not always going to be, you know. Sunshine and rainbows, of course. Of course. Not, of course. And, um, he, you know, he'd probably be understanding and say, well, you know, when I was at X or, or Y, this is what would probably happen in this scenario, at least that, you know, this isn't on the table here. Let's get our head down. Let's get back to work. Um, so he really drives the culture in that sense. And I think he probably is... You know, you should probably have him on the show, I think. Yeah, we will. Um, sorry he can't be here now. Because um, <laughs> in Perth, but... It's winning awards. Yeah, yeah. But he, I think you'll get a lot out of seeing what his, what his view on it is as well. But, yeah, he really does run that culture in that sales team because it comes from me, which I've passed to him. And then, you know, he's, he's really on top of it because he's on the floor nonstop. Mm. What I see if your team, your team members, and I don't know because they know we know each other, but they rave about your office it's not you know it's culture within an office and when you got your staff members or your team members talking so proudly about being part of this team it's a reflection on yourself yeah no thanks yes i think the big thing is caring about them more than just personally as well like it's not about work like okay we go to do a job i think when you're secure in your own business and that's probably a fear that a lot of directors have but when you know okay like i've had a business for 10 years now it's in a good position Okay, it's going to look after itself with a lot of those things. Of course, I have to still work hard. Um, but let's just park the money for a moment because that's not the be all end all. It's about the people. Because if I don't have the right people or I don't treat them well, they're going to end up leaving pretty quick. So if I can keep someone for seven years instead of two years, then I know... Because a lot of people's lives change. So I'm not expecting them to want to be in my business for 20 years. I think those days, unfortunately, have slowly transitioned out for a lot of Are you making people. certain people you've taken on as... as cadets to partners now even. So. Yeah, well, I think that's part of that transition of understanding, okay, well, what's your goal? And that's that five-year planning, understanding, okay. Because I need to know if someone's thinking in five years they want to be a partner in this business, well, then we need to start having the conversation about what you're actually bringing in. Because <clears throat> as you know, when you get to that kind of level, it does become about the finances. So unless you're at this kind of level, we probably can't have a conversation about the next step and yeah. that step and that. But if you get to this, then let's put it on the table and talk through it. So, you know, Alec wanted to always achieve that before 30. And, you know, he's 29 now. He'll be, he'll, yeah, he'll be 30 this year. And he's been a partner just in two years. So, wow. so you know, his big thing was I wanted to get myself into a partnership before 30 um, and set himself up, which he's done. He's done a really good job at it. Talk about five-year goals a lot in your business yes. task. What's your five-year goal? Yeah. What's the plan for you? You're going to be 25 by the time yeah, you get that five-year goal. Yeah, 21. Nah. Five years, gee, I'll be 30, I'm 33 this month. So let's say I'll be 38. Oh, I'll be, I'll be close to 40. Yeah. I have to ask Rex what that feels like. <laughs> no, I'll be close to 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's just having a continuation of a good business. Um, I know where I want to go on my rental space, which I've shared with both of you guys um, on the rental division in our business. But I know for the sales side, I've probably got an opportunity to, to bolt on a lot more partners through mm-hmm. that transition. Um, and five years is a long time. You know, if I look at what can be achieved in that time, I'd like to say that if we can get ourselves to a certain volume, but then carry in some partners, I think we'd do a great job at that. So, yeah, definitely open to having more partners in our business because I think that's how the retention gets created. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then having those partners with their own teams, those team members can then go, gee, okay, I want to get into sales uh, once I leave this team and then there's an opportunity for me to go partnership. 
Um, so, and we've got an amazing business model because we've got two directors almost at different, completely different age groups, which is really rare. Mm. Um, you know, the average directors will all be very similar age, if that makes sense, uh, where you've got someone, you know, well into their 60s who wants to transition out in a period of time. And then you've got, you know, myself at 32 turning 33. So you've got yourself in a position where if you want to be long term, you know, there's going to be opportunity there for sure. Yeah, great opportunities. Mm. Asked to cut it short. Sorry, <laughs> producer's been rolling at me the whole. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> see it. Sorry, uh, Chad. Like <laughs> talking too there. much. <laughs> no, no, stars. You go. <laughs> we spent too much time together in this show. One, but two, now we finish each other's sentences. Stars, absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, for you're such an me. inspirational director. Thank you. I think a lot of agents and directors will get a lot from you. I love that you don't have any ego and you genuinely care about your team members. Yeah, for and like sure. I said, it's in, in return, it shows in the success really of does. your business. And um, you should be so proud of yourself. It's such an accomplishment. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well done. Appreciate Thank it. Well Thanks done. for having me on the show. Such a pleasure. <laughs> right, Thank you so much for watching another episode of Real Estate Renovators.